you're listening to the Social Hub Podcast, a place where we give small brands the skills and know-how to master all their social media, digital and content marketing. I'm your host, Stacey Cranich, mum, champagne drinker and self-confessed karaoke queen. Join me in a journey of real conversations and meaningful messages that will help you grow in your business and life so you can have the most epic version of both. If you have a big vision and are ready to shine, then grab a cuppa or a cocktail and listen in. Hey everyone and welcome to today's episode of the podcast. I am super happy to have you here and absolutely thank you for choosing me to be in your ears each and every week. It's a true, true honor. But this week, this episode is all for the course creators out there. So anyone out there who has a online course, digital membership, online program, group coaching program, any of those things, this episode is for you specifically. Now, as you know, I create online programs and courses in my own business. So it's definitely a topic that is close to my heart. And, you know, the reason I want to talk about the topic of, you know, the legalities behind running an online course is because we live in a world where creating courses is so damn easy. I mean, running a course or program is as simple as creating a landing page, having people buy the thing, and then running a series of videos or delivering content like PDFs, audios, workbooks, and, you know, just teaching someone something. You can be as simple with it as you want. Like you can just set up a Facebook group, do a few live streams in there, and that's a training series that people can pay for. Or you can be as complex as you want by having a full digital course host platform like Kajabi or another one of those like big platforms out there. You can have a fully automated funnel as you can, or you can be as organic with it as you like. Either way, creating online courses is a huge part of a lot of entrepreneurs' business plan. I mean, my business is pretty much 100% running and facilitating online courses and group coaching programs. But as we know, with great power also comes great responsibility. And while it's so easy and much easier now than it used to be to be able to set up a course and access all this amazing tech and everything to create these beautiful programs right from our office at home, there are definitely some legalities around course creation and delivery to protect you as the creator and also your students. Things like protecting your intellectual property, payment plan arrangements, community guidelines if you're hosting an online community and many more things like that. The good thing is that these things are not difficult to set up and they're also not scary to think about either. I think that a lot of course creators shy away from this because they're scared that they might be doing something wrong. But really it's about making sure that you're protected that your students and any future people that you're calling into your work have these beautiful boundaries and structures to keep everyone on the same page and to keep everyone safe. So today I'm interviewing someone who I truly know to be an expert and leader in this area. She's an incredible lady, business owner, mum, book author, lawyer, 
and Lady Boss. She's also a member of my online membership and community, The Social Collective, and that lady is Emma Houston, who heads up The Remote Expert, which is an Australian virtual law firm helping women with online courses and online businesses protect and grow their businesses. She does this by making the information and material accessible to her clients in a way that suits them. Emma has lived the online business life and knows what it's like to not know where the next client's coming from. She understands that sick feeling in your stomach about whether you made the right move leaving that paid but boring secure job. And yes, she gets what it's like to feel small when people dismiss your at-home business as a hobby you can fit in around caring for the kids and carrying the mental load at home. In 2011, Emma was on the traditional lawyer corporate path with an office job in a boutique firm on the North Shore of Sydney, but a near-death experience changed her views on work-life balance and made her realise that life is way too short not to be doing exactly as you please. Since then, Emma has set about shaking things up in the work area of her home arena, and in 2018, she wrote her work-from-home Bible, The Tracksuit Economy, How to Work Productively and Effectively from Home, and in early 2021 is proud to be a featured co-author in Back Yourself, a collection of stories from businesswomen edited by Peace Mitchell and Katie Garner. So let's get stuck into this episode so all of you course creators out there can get your stuff sorted and you will find all of the links to connect with Emma and also find out about my program that she's a part of so you can come and join us in there on the show notes for today's episode at all the W's, the socialhubau.com forward slash 64. Let's get stuck in. Okay, welcome, Emma, to today's episode of the podcast. Really happy to have you here. Not just are you one of the members of the Social Collective, but we have also just worked together recently. You've been helping me out with some of my legal stuff for my courses and my membership. Yeah, and I just, you know, when we spoke I was like, this is really cool stuff. There's so many people out there creating courses these days. And I know that there's so much emphasis on, you know, the strategy and how to build it and how to sell it and all that like fun, sexy stuff. But there is a lot of, you know, terms and conditions and and things that people need to think about as well, which often are overlooked. So looking forward to, to all the course creators out there like myself, learning about this from you today. So can you Just first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Sure. I'm Emma Houston and I'm the founder and director of The Remote Expert. And that's a virtual law firm that helps women with online businesses protect and grow their business. And over the past 12 months or so, my niche has really become helping women with online courses and online memberships with their terms and conditions. And what flows from that? So a lot of stuff will flow from that in terms of one-on-one coaching and all of that kind of thing. But it's a really, certainly this year, it's been a huge growth area. Yeah, for sure. And I can imagine with COVID, more people getting online and putting stuff into digital products and courses and memberships, that, that's, that would definitely have spurred that on for sure. Oh, I think, I think so. We've sort of, I've sort of heard from a few people that they think, We've had about 10 years worth of growth in a year this year with the online kind of innovation side of things. Yeah. Well, it was such a necessity for so many people. And I know myself, like I launched my program, the Course Creation Project, which is teaching people how to create courses. I put that on my launch planner for like September and then COVID hit and I was like, well, 
I won't be doing a couple of other things now. So let's just bring that one forward. <laughs> so like, even for me, that came forward, which meant that, you know, and when I did launch that the first time, it was most people in there, like about probably 80% of people that bought it were just like, oh, well, now is the time to do it because they had more time on their hands to devote to it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think people who had been a bit suspicious of online shopping and online things have yeah. started to using online courses or online shopping for the first time. So it's really changed the way permanently. I think people do things. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I think every business owner I talk to that has a digital component of their business has said that it's, it's had a huge impact on that in many positive ways because people have had to get used to, to that. And I think, you know, this, I've, I think there's lots of great things that have come out of, of COVID. There's a lot of, you know, things that haven't been so great for some people whose industries were shut down. But, you know, I know, I know a lot of people even in corporate jobs that are working from home now who weren't able to do that. And yeah, so there's definitely been, it's, it's, COVID was good for the digital age, I think. <laughs> it was. And, and I think you, like me, you know, we've worked from home long before COVID. This and I know for myself, nothing changed that way, except homeschooling was added to it. Yeah, but I didn't I didn't enjoy that part. Oh, <laughs> neither did I. <laughs> but otherwise, I could just run my business how I had been prior yeah. to COVID. And, and I think a lot of other people have cottoned on to that now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so let's get get chatting about some of some of this awesome juicy legal stuff for course creators. So you know, like I said before, it's so easy to create courses these days. I mean, really, you could DIY it even, you know, you don't even have to take a course to learn how to do it. You could pretty much teach yourself if, if you were had the skills and know how to find all that information out. But one of the things that gets overlooked, and I know this from experience myself, like I've just worked with you personally in my own business because I knew I had little bits and pieces that were leaning towards having you know, all the T's and C's sorted, but it wasn't fully sorted. And I know for me, next year is my year to try and scale more. So I had to get that all mm. kind of tucked away properly. So first of all, if you can just kind of share, what are some of the, the main issues you see for course creators or people with digital products or memberships or, you know, group coaching stuff they run online with not having their legals and T's and C's all sorted? So I think you've got to look at the touch points that you're, clients or your students will have. So you have sort of four main areas. You have probably your socials. So when they first see you, when they first come across you, then you have your sales page. So they're learning about the course. Then you have that point where they commit to buy. And then you have, you know, as part of the course, you might have a Facebook group or an online community. So there, there are four touch points and you've got to make sure you're across all four. And the, there are three main things which we'll expand on later in our chat, but they really are getting paid, getting sued and getting your content stolen. Yeah. And just protecting yourself around those three things are really important. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that totally makes sense, you know? So I guess the next thing is what's the impact then? And that's where people will start to kind of really see the story play out in their minds of, Oh, this could happen if I didn't look at these things. So there's sort of impacts, I suppose, for you, but also for your students. So for you as a course creator, you'd be looking at, well, you know, first of all, you're fighting with people and that's not great optics because they can start going to leave bad reviews and say, 
well, I thought I could do this and get my money back, but now they won't give me a refund and I'm not getting results. And I thought I was going to have a seven figure business within three months. And that there's all these sort of issues that can happen there. And that can really, your business can really take a hit. Your, your confidence, your course, if you end up getting sued or there's a legal issue, you know, you might have to take your course down or something like that, or if someone comes in and steals your content and starts trying to compete with you, that, that could really just have this big flow-on effect yeah. in your business. And depending what sort of business structure you have, if you own your house and car and things, if you get sued, they could really be at risk as well. So things like insurance and that kind of stuff is, is really important too. And then your course, so if, if you're dealing with this and you're not going to be able to show up particularly well to the people who are doing your courses, which really then starts to impact your students, starts to impact word of mouth, starts to impact too, I think, what you would then become confident to share with your students, resources, what those lines are between, well, here's some resources, you can take them and use them, rather than you know, blurry lines about what they can and can't and you don't share things. So I think it really could impact those students' experience really yeah. in that whole course and and the value that you can bring them. And it all just starts unraveling from, you know, it could just be a dispute about, well, I want a refund and go from there. And then if, especially if you've got a Facebook platform and some of the students have connected, things can get pretty pretty ugly without those really clear boundaries yeah. setting those boundaries around when they when they buy to know what to expect if there is a money back period to know when that is know that they don't have access to everything know how they're going to pay and know what will happen if they don't pay an installment or something like that yeah yeah and i think you know there's no such thing as like a hundred percent in anything, right? Most of the time in business, like when you get into online courses and you get into things like payment plans or you've got a membership and people are paying consistently, there's no such thing as people that con like never having an issue with payment. Like there's always going to be something that comes up, whether it be someone's changed their card and they need to change their card number or, you know, maybe their pay cycles changed and they need, they want to realign their payments or something like COVID hits. And then mm. you're ha having conversations with someone about potentially refunding or amending a payment plan because what they committed to three months ago on your six month payment plan doesn't, they can't do that now. And I think it's important to know that these things are not commonplace. They don't happen with every single person, but they do happen in the sense that you just, just you need to be prepared and, oh, and be transparent, like they have transparency. So everyone knows where they stand because when it does happen, you want to feel confident to say, well, this is how we deal with this. And this is what was included. And they have that to refer back to as well. And the confidence goes a long way. And often some of them might even go back and look at that before they contact you. So they will yeah. know, oh, what can I ask? Okay, it is at your discretion, so I'm going to explain this rather than just demanding a refund. 
Yeah. So it just helps. It also, I think, helps that credibility piece. Yeah. Like, you know, when you hear of a business and you Google them and then you can't find their web page, you're like, are they a real business? It's it's just that whole kind of the optics of everything as well yeah. as the boundaries. Yeah. And it gives that kind of, you know, consumer confidence mm-hmm. when they can see that you've got all that too, that you're a real business and a legitimate business and not just someone who's got a side hustle with a course or something, you know, that there's that protection there for them too. And I think like what you said before about you then not being able as the creator to show up for everyone else is a big piece of the puzzle too, because the first time something like that might happen where, you know, maybe let's say it's a six month payment plan and then, you know, you get so far in and someone's turning around saying they need a refund or they can't afford it or whatever. It does knock your confidence that first time. I think you can be as prepared as you want, but it's still going to knock your confidence when someone says that to you. And if you don't, if you're not armed with all the resources that you need yourself, it can prevent you from showing up as much as you really need to with other people, you get burnt and then you don't want to give away as much as you have before. And I've seen that happen before where they're like, you know, Oh, you know, I got burnt by this person. So I don't do that in my programs anymore. And it's like, Oh, but it's so much value. Like everyone else in your program would love to see that, but it's just knocked you for socks sort of thing. So. Oh, it's hard. And I actually had a lady about a month ago. She she wrote a course and she actually had her first buyer. She was thrilled. And then the next day, I think a bit of buyer's remorse, this lady contacted her and said, oh, can I get a refund? I don't think I want to do it now. And she actually had terms that said no refund. You know, she, I'd, I'd helped her. She had all those terms. She knew she is a lawyer herself. She knew that she was firm on it. But she decided to give that refund because she knew she didn't have to, but she wanted some goodwill out in that sort of community because the, her niche that she, she's in is quite a small niche. And so she did that in terms of, you know, okay, well, I'm going to do this. I wanted to be transparent. I know she hasn't got access to the platform yet. You know, she hasn't sort of come in and tried to take it but I'm going to do it that way. And that was okay. Like she felt her confidence was knocked a bit. She was like, oh, really? My first person and I have to give her a refund? But she knows that she was firm, but it was a decision in terms of, well, how's that going to look rather than, oh, I'm not legally entitled to do that. So I think that was, you know, if that stuff, like you say, does happen, but if it does happen, at least then it's your choice as to how you deal yeah. with it and you can deal with it with confidence. Yeah. And I think it, that's important to note as well because just because you have all the terms and conditions and all that stuff doesn't mean to say that you don't decide not to refund them or don't decide not to let them out of a contract or whatever. I've done that before, you know, and I think, you know, you have to take, remember there's another person on the other end of that conversation you know and and you can absolutely you know work around that stuff and help people out if you need to it's not about saying oh i'm not never going to refund anyone because that can have implications for reviews if people want to go onto your facebook page and leave a review and sometimes you do need to think about what's the energy i'm trying to keep in my business as opposed to the energy that maybe I need to let go of. And, you know, there's always going to be someone else out there that might want to buy your course. So it's, yeah. yeah, And and if you deal with that person really well, 
they might come back and buy something else from you in future. Yeah, totally. They would actually probably be saying to their friends or family or people in the industry, well, actually, I did that. Then something happened I hadn't planned for, and Stacey was really great about it. And she's really, she's actually really cool. Like that, I think that goes a long way to helping oh, you. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And then you touched on the the concept of having your content stolen, yeah. and that's a huge one. I. I I see so many conversations about it online, just about even social media posts, people stealing posts. Mm. And I, you know, I know in the podcast industry, like lots of coaches have done episodes around, around it. And there's, you know, in lots of other, you know, coaching programs, I mean, it comes up a lot, the concept of having your content stolen. And, you know, it's a hard one because, you know, most of us have learnt everything we know from other people. And in a course, you're teaching someone something online and most of it is stuff you have learnt from other people. So there's, there's fear on both sides. There's fear that someone's going to say that you're copying them. <laughs> there's yeah. fear that someone's going to steal it from you as well. And because it, and it does happen. Oh, absolutely. And there's a fine line between inspiration and just copying. Yes. As well. And, and so I suppose, look, we're all different and your course is protected by copyright automatically under the Copyright Act. So you have moral rights, you have copyright. If you've got some, say, methods or concepts, it doesn't hurt to trademark those things like your brand. Your, so my, my supercharge method is actually trademarked. Yeah. So I've got the supercharge method trademarked and I've got some various things I do under that platform and that's that's good but someone could get the workbooks you know do it yourself copy my videos that that could happen but look I think you've just got to proceed you've got to protect what you can so think about what you can trademark know that you've got that copyright automatically and you should have the word copyright with the c in the circle at the bottom of all your course material and if someone copies it, then that helps you, I suppose, enforce it. Having the trademark, you can try and tell them to cease and desist using that. Yeah. The copyright, you can sort of say, look, you're doing this. Can you take it down or at least change certain parts that, that are very similar? Yeah. And it gives you that a bit of muscle to do that. You might decide commercially, look, it's going to cost me $20,000 in lawyer's fees to enforce yeah. that. It's not worth it. You know, you've really got to look at it commercially, but it does help you if you need to take that stand and, you know, get in touch with them, send a letter or two, threaten something to know what those rights are, have those terms. And without the terms, you know, if someone signs up to your course, pays you and then starts using it in competition and you've got some terms that say oh, you can't do that, then they've breached that contract, which makes it a lot easier to enforce. Yeah. You're enforcing that contract rather than you know, perhaps some copyright rights that, you know, may mm. or may not be as strong to enforce as a, a binding contract that they have purposely seen, entered mm. into ticked a box to say, yes, I agree to these terms. Yeah. And, you know, particularly with courses and for a lot of them, if you're like hosting your course in a, 
like a membership portal, like say like your Teachables or I use Kartra. There's a lot, a lot of them out there. A lot of the time when you're creating these digital products, it's lifetime access. You know, people have got access for however long you offer that product for a lot of the time, not all the time, but a lot of the time. So yeah, it's just in, and particularly when you get into the space of like self-paced stuff, like when you've got group coaching programs, I, I know I feel like I know a lot of the people quite well and you get to form that trust with them. But when you get to the point, if you've got you're really scaled and you've got lots of self-paced people coming in, you don't necessarily know who all of them are. So that, you know, the potential, you, the more people there, the more potential there is potentially yeah. for things to be copied. And, so it's good to know. And the more people there, because if you've got a really small group program where you know them, they might then start, not them not so much, but the bigger you get, you know, you get people giving their logins to other people. To, yeah. Oh, I bought this. You can do it too. And all of a sudden that, that other person can see it and they might give it to five other people. Yeah, because they haven't bought it. They owe no kind of loyalty to you. But the person that did buy it, if they've got terms saying, look, you can't give your login to someone else, it's for yeah. you, and you can then see that they've done that, that, yeah. that, that whole helps you as well. Redistribution of your content without people paying for it. That's another yeah. Yeah, another one that comes up a lot. And, and that's what we do in these terms. It's a, it's a license, a non-exclusive yeah. license that you can revoke. So if you know someone's done that, yeah. You can cut off that access. Yeah, yeah. And that's important to safeguard yeah. for yourself and, too. And I think, and I've had quite a few clients lately who, like yourself, are just, you know, they're, they're doing really well and they're looking to head overseas or scale. Yeah. And some of them have actually started that process this year that I've been helping lately. And they're finding that perhaps the culture the online culture is a bit different in the US to what it is yeah. in Australia or the UK and Ireland which tend to be quite similar but then they get into the US and it's sort of like well I know my rights I'm going to contact my attorney that kind of thing so you really need to I, I think before you get into such a litigious market yeah and and markets where there are different cultural norms that you're maybe not a Cross in terms of the way people do business. Yeah, it is a really great idea to get your privacy policy with all your your GDPR, your European Union and US and overseas privacy policies, as well as being really clear about well, that guaranteeing there's no outcomes from the course, so you can do it, but yeah. it doesn't guarantee business success. I always say to my clients, it's a bit like when you buy a bike, you're not going to go and sue the person you buy the bike from if you never ride it and don't get fit. Like it's, yes, yeah. A course is a lot of self work, you know, you've really got to be yeah, self motivated. Definitely. It's that work. And, and that's with anything. It's even with, you know, a university course, if you don't study, you're probably not going to pass. You're not going yeah, to well, get I mean, if you do life. a uni degree, they're not going to wave your hex because you decided not to do that for a job, you've still got to pay it. Yeah. So it's, you know, you can't turn around and go, I'm not, uh, I didn't decided not to do that job now. So I don't want to pay my ex anymore. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. You can't charge me. Yeah. Which is pretty, you know, you wouldn't dream, people wouldn't dream of doing that. No. To a university. So why should they? Because yeah. you're a training. That's what you're doing. You're training people yeah. in. Yeah probably more vocational stuff with online yeah. courses. Yeah, but I, yeah. I have 
clients who have PhDs in areas that are doing online courses. So there's some really high level. Oh, totally. Like stuff out there too. Yeah. And I, I mean, I create them, so it might sound like I'm biased, but I actually use them myself a lot as well. I mm. find for me, because I'm so busy, it's that learning on the run or learning in pockets of time that I can do, which, you know, if I've, if I've got to sign up for a business coach or a mastermind, which I also do as well, I've got to have that time scheduled in to spend on that. And sometimes for me, courses are a great way to, when I, I'm not able to do that, to still be you know, keeping on learning and growing, but yeah, you can't, you can't guarantee results. That's the thing. Like Mm -hmm. even in all of my courses, I can teach anyone, you know, all the things you can do for social media, but if you're not going to actually open up your Facebook or your Instagram and do it yourself, then I I can't guarantee you're going to have any results. That's right. You've actually got to do the things that you're learning. Yes. Otherwise, you know, it's sort of, this will be doing nothing. Yeah. We're watching Netflix. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, signing up for a gym membership. Yeah. <laughs> and right. then saying it I didn't lose weight and they're like, but you mm. never came. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you never opened a module. And that's yeah. what I think I've heard this said that about ninety seven percent of people don't finish the like they might get to, you know, five out of six modules, but yeah. it's only that final three percent that will do that final module and often you will have got a lot of value out of it as you go and I don't know it's just yeah, yeah I'm funny is that yeah oh yeah for sure and and I have found that because I offered supercharge as a course to start with and then my feedback was mm, we've done a course to learn how to build a course and now we've built a course <laughs> and now we don't want a legal course to do that we just want you to do the yeah. stuff for us because it's that unsexy you know, it's not your marketing funnels and sales pages and things. So that's what I do customize, but I also have supercharged for online courses, Yeah, which yeah, is a done with you. So there's a few videos about implementation. There's some, a couple of workbooks, but then it's the template ready to go. Yeah. yeah cool. And a couple of consults with me top and bottom. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. So I think I was, I was going to ask a couple of questions around impact for the course owner and the student. I think we've covered a lot of it, but is there any other sort of impacts for either the course owner or the student that we haven't covered off? Look, I think we've talked about disclaimers and we talked about no guarantees. And I think we need to talk about disclaimers. So, and also third party platforms. So often like yourself, you use Kartra, a lot of my clients use Kajabi as well. Yeah. Then they will have, like you have a group on Facebook, which is another third-party platform, and sometimes a website as well. So you've got all these platforms and you've just got to make sure that, you, you know, you let your students know you don't own Facebook. So earlier this year in May, I went to put an ad up on Facebook for my business. And it said, hang on, we want to check who you are before we let you do that. And actually, we're going to kick you off until we do that. So I could not get onto Facebook for five days. So you've really got to protect yourself in terms as a course creator to say, well, okay, we've got this Facebook platform, but if something happens and you lose access to Facebook, there's been a hacking incident in Kajabi or Kartra, and that goes down for a few days you know, as a course creator, you've got to keep plan B 
in your pocket. You might be sending things via email, but you've got to make sure that, you know, your students know that you might process using Stripe, which is another third party platform that you yeah. will host on Kartra or you will host on Kajabi, that you will have a Facebook group. And yeah. all of these things are actually dependent on the rules of those platforms as well. Yes. Yeah. Because so, you don't own you don't own that stuff. No. The closest thing you have to own is your email list and your website. So to make sure that, you know, Stripe might charge processing fees if you pay by instalments, you could actually end up paying more by Stripe. Looking at, well, what would I charge for instalments? How does that work? What happens if the card gets refused on Stripe? How many times do we try before we contact the student and ask, well, can you update your card? Update your card? all of that things. Then you've got to look at Facebook groups. And there's actually been, I think a couple of weeks ago, and I actually saw on Current Affair a thing about the wedding planners in Brisbane had a bit of a Barney on a Facebook group and got sued. And there's been one in Wollongong in a local group as well earlier in the year. And it's actually the admin of the Facebook group that yes, sued when they <laughs> fight with each is. other and... <laughs> you know, insult each other, you could actually be held liable as the, yeah. the host of these groups. So having those rules about, well, how we interact with each other and you don't come into these groups and post offers unless you, you know, you as the owner of the group say it's okay. So I know you, I know this is going to air in January, but we're recording it in December and you've got your 12 days of Christmas offers, which people can do that in your within your Facebook group for your membership, which yeah. is fine, but you want to make sure, and there go my dogs. <laughs> my husband's home. They're pretty excited. He's only been out for about an hour. <laughs> Animals are so funny, eh? Like particularly dogs, when you leave the house, it's just like as soon as you come back, it's like you've been gone for hours. Like yeah. they're, they're just honestly, dogs are just like they're the best thing for your self-esteem. Because oh, they are. Whereas my cat doesn't give a shit. She's no. just like, oh, well, whatever. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I know. Sometimes I walk back in the door and the cat's just like, oh, you're home? <laughs> you're home now? I was busy sleeping and you were not here? <laughs> yeah, I know. Whereas the dog's like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you do need to really be clear about the Facebook group rules. So I, I usually sell it as a bundle, which is online course rules and Facebook group rules. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Because, you know, you can't really rely on the rules that Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg have no. got there. That they're to protect them, not yeah. you. And it is the admin. Like if you're in if you have a Facebook group you own and you go in and actually have a look, your group gets a community standards rating. And if people are reporting stuff in the group a lot, then it can get flagged with Facebook and then, you, you know, your group or your, even your profile and stuff can get shut down, which is just, you know, could be, like you said, from other people interacting in the group in a certain way. And, yeah, it's, it's just the way groups are. Like it's the admin that gets done for it with Facebook, not, <laughs> not yeah, the, you know, the means- person that you really have to keep a close eye on your group. So you, not necessarily you, it could be your team, but your team have to be trained in being able to recognise when to hide or remove something and probably jump on that because the behaviour you scroll past is the behaviour that you will accept. And if someone sees something in the group 
and they probably think that's okay. Uh, I only saw one the other day. It was like, it was in a big group. This is where big groups can become really problematic. And I've noticed there's a few bigger groups on Facebook where it just appears like the admins have almost like ghosted the groups and they're not manning the groups hardly at all. And there was this one group, there was a post and I, I, I don't believe that the poster meant ill intent, but mm. it was just the way something was worded was quite offensive. And there was just, I don't know, something like 500 comments or something underneath it with these long threads of people getting into like awful arguments with each other. And it's just like, man, this has been going on for nearly 24 hours now. Where are the admins? (laughs) This is not good. And as someone who teaches social media, I'm like, where are these admins? This is not good. (laughs) This is not good for them. No, it's not. And I think if you're not going to be really present in your group you know maybe you look do I shut this down Mm. you just really have to make that commitment and I think the thing is it's and that's why I always give these and I usually do them kind of as a bonus or a pack the Facebook group rules or community group rules with the course terms because I think they do go together and you can't just you know, I hear so many people say, I'm going to get a course. I'm going to go and sit on the beach and just watch the money rolling. <laughs> and then, I love it when people say that. <laughs> it just doesn't happen that way. No, it does not. It sounds really nice. but no, um, may, Like after a lot of work, yes, but not on the first launch. Yeah, definitely you not. you <laughs> still need, like if it's not you personally, you still need a team member or an admin. Yes. Like, oh, you, you need to, yeah. You can't, just post, you can't just create it and ghost off then. You've got to be still, yeah, yeah. you know. For it's sure. Like, Bye. I'm off to <laughs> have a cocktail on the beach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not we can't go overseas at the moment, so yeah, it would no. be somewhere like that if if, if it was another Australian. <laughs> Even just little things that you can do to protect yourself there, like making sure you've got another admin or a moderator, or you know, I've seen even a lot recently this year in COVID, more you know, sneaky hackers and stuff and people getting mm-hmm. totally locked out of their Facebook pages and accounts and then they can't get them back. Yeah, and that's and what happened. I got you know, back. Two-factor authentication and all that. It's important to have that from a security perspective, but then also from a legal perspective, if you're managing a community, anytime you get a lot of people in one area together, you don't know what's going on for that person on that day. Mm -hmm. And they can get triggered by something that they see and they react. You know, it happens in large groups of physical people. You just don't know. And it's important to protect yourself and your members against that too. And I think online as well, you know, people get a bit silly. They, you might not totally to a person. <laughs> no, you can see who's sitting there, but then you're like, oh, well, I'm gonna, blah, blah, blah. you can, you know, and then all of a sudden they're saying these awful things they wouldn't say in person. Yeah, definitely. So, and then that really, if some, if your members or your online course participants, they start seeing this group, because I've been in groups, I'm like this group's getting really nasty. I don't, I think I might leave it. Mm. So that really starts to impact your business and the support that all your other people in there feel. Yeah, for sure. So if someone out there is listening today and they're thinking, how do I get started with this? Like I've created a course and it's awesome. And I haven't even thought about this stuff where where's kind of the first place they can start. Come over to my website, www.theremoteexpert.com. I've got blogs there. 
I've also got links to my socials. So I'm the remote expert on Facebook and Instagram. And I often have quite a few infographics and information on my socials as well, which will get people a bit of a feeling for what they need and what to think about. But you can book a call direct with me online and that's probably the best way. Have a chat, work out what I offer. I do offer some templates, a done with you, but also a completely customised version. So work out what's best for you and, and that's probably going to be through a discovery chat with me. Yeah, which is what I did. I just went, oh, I'll just book it chat to you and then can you just can you just organize that for me because all that sort of jargon is not not, not my jam <laughs> yeah and that's the thing it's not many people's jam but I've had 20 years of learning yeah and that's that. why we have people like you though right like that's exactly. what we have people like you for and I would highly recommend anyone head over and follow Emma on Instagram because I absolutely love your content. Like I love your little infographics. They're so easy. Like you put it in really simple terms for people to go, okay, yes, I have a Facebook group. I need to have a look at this post. And I think, you know, if, if someone listening in hasn't met Emma before, head over to Instagram and follow her over there and have a look at some of her content because that will give you a really clear indication of the knowledge that, that Emma has. And, and obviously you help people that don't just do course creation and memberships, like you help oh, people yes. with lots of other things as well. So there's, you know, your service agreements and yes. website terms and conditions and privacy policy. We've just talked about a small little pocket of, of what you do here on the podcast today. So even if you are a service provider or a coach or, you know, anyone that needs a privacy policy for your website, you do all those things as well yes yeah cool now the last little thing which is something fun because you are a member of my membership which is the social collective and i like to ask every member when they come on the podcast just to let everyone know you know i guess you know why did you decide to join the membership and what do you love about it because it's one of the main things that i sell and my most favorite program like out of all of all of them and yeah I, I love members to be able to share it so that people can get a feel for what it's like on the inside because sometimes you can't see that when you're on the outside <laughs> i i was really enjoying your content and i saw that and for me social media is it's probably the key aspect of reaching my clients because they're all online that's where they hang out they hang out on facebook and instagram and to a lesser extent linkedin for me, social media is a really key part of my business. And I know so many lawyers that go, I don't understand social media. I'm just going to give it to the work experience kid or, or that junior. She's, she's 20. She knows like she, she knows social media. Oh, so they just Don't get me started on when yeah. people say that. <laughs> so it's, and I'm like, but hang on. I'm like, no, this is actually something I, I quite enjoy doing it too. And you're and good at it. Your content's great. I love it. And it's something yeah. I've kept. So for me, just learning those extra tips about, you know, things like reels and yeah, Instagram stories and just little tips about content because there is, it's, so, it's so noisy out there just to oh, be able yeah. to cut through that and reach yeah. people and get them to take action rather than just scrolling. And yeah, so that's, yeah, that's why I joined. And that's what I really enjoy about that too. Yeah. And you know, that's, really the whole reason I, you know, originally had this big program, which was, you know, group coaching and eight modules. And it was, it was pretty big. Like it was basically everything in one place, which is what the membership's moving mm. towards being. It just takes time to put all that content into one. But 
what I found for me, it was constantly having to redo stuff and replace it and redo modules all the time because mm. things were changing. Cause well, in 2020, social mm. media has changed almost every week. <laughs> There's always something new coming out. And I love the membership style as delivering it because it means that I can do the up-to-date stuff really simply and be like, oh, okay, this is a new feature. I'll do a lesson about that next mm. week. And then you get the live stream on it or it's like, oh, Reels came out. So I've added that into one of the masterclasses one month and I'll do another one down the track. But it means I can constantly be adding to it, which means that taking out the old stuff becomes a lot easier. Whereas I found that quite a bit, I found that painful, if I'm perfectly honest, about having a module-based course. And I suppose you can use the best of those membership lessons in courses or special Mm. masterclasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, yeah, I can definitely repurpose some of it into other digital products. But that's my favourite part. I find it just a really simple way to keep it an up-to-date space where you can always be talking about stuff whereas when you when you I had a module based program when there was a new feature it was like oh I can't can't, I don't really want to have to re-record that for one feature so I'd go in and put a little update with a link to have a look at it and then you end up with about 10 updates (laughs) with links to have a look and you go okay better re-record it now so and I think it's actually easier for that kind of thing with new things it's easier to consume in smaller okay yeah it's just coming this month I'll listen to that rather than yeah. get a course can be quite a big commitment. <laughs> yeah. 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 Depending definitely. what you want out of something, I think. So that ongoing yeah. thing is really good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always going to be, you know, you, the sort of people that join a membership like mine are looking for that ongoing mentorship where it's, yeah. you've got the ongoing access, whereas a course obviously is can be self-paced or, might just be four modules or four steps or whatever. So it is definitely a different space. And I think people come to memberships once they know, like, and trust you. So doing an online course probably leads then to people doing your membership. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, so great. I've had quite a few members on now. So, and I've got another interview coming up soon with Laura, who's one of the designers and graphic designers in the group. So it's always good to have a member on as well. So I can share some of the great stuff that you guys do as well with the rest of the world. So thank you so much for coming on today, Emma. Oh, you're welcome. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. And everyone else, there will be all the links to connect with Emma over on socials, her website, and to book a call with her on the show notes page for today's episode. So thanks again, Em. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Social Hub podcast. You can find the show notes for today's episode over at all the W's, thesocialhubau.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to join me in my community and continue the conversation, jump over to Facebook and join the Social Media 101 Facebook group. Until then, stay classy.